everybody welcome to the 153rd edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage chilling here out here in beaverton oregon you know what i'm gonna be real with the audience and and dustin i haven't told you but i slipped on the way to the bathroom last night and i hurt my ankle i feel old (laughs) Are you, are you are you the are you the Ennis Cantor of our of our podcast playing right, through that pain right now? Yeah, it's like oh, I have a subtle ankle pain, man. Uh, I, I was like, I don't need to put on my glasses to go to the bathroom. I know where it is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Anyway, <laughs> so not only you got no balance, you're blind. Oh yeah, and you're injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a blind panda. Just you know clunking my way to the bathroom which is like an eight foot walk and then i slipped on something and was like ah oh, this is gonna suck <laughs> do we need to get you that life alert so when you fall it like connects it connects to me and that way i can rush over and save you i never fall i slip and then catch my balance and then hurt myself catching balance but maybe in a few more years you can be my life alert buddy even though you're older than me no, he, he he's not he's not old. He's just really clumsy and thinks he doesn't need to wear his glasses at all times. Anyway, we just witnessed a uh, game one of the Blazers Nuggets series. Honestly, Denver needed to do what they needed to do, and that was win game one. Yeah, Denver wins game one of the conference semifinals, one twenty one, one thirteen. Game two, Wednesday night, six o'clock. So do what you got to do to get home in time to beat that rush hour traffic, Rip City. But frustrating game overall for me personally watching it. It really felt like we never had any sort of sustained momentum over the course of the 48 minutes of action. And we discussed nearly in every recap of the Blazers Thunder series, there was always a burst that that Portland had, or they, you know, had a couple of pulses and they were able to basically thrive off of that. And that gave them enough of a boost to carry that, you know, through, through the finish line. If they would get a stop, they would go down and throw it away. If they would get buckets, they would go down and let Denver get a bucket. It very, especially in that second half, it just didn't seem like we could string together any sort of momentum. And to me that, that was, that was the game. I mean, you put up 113, your star player gets, um, Dame had 39 points on 21 shots. I mean, my God, that he is living up to the hype and then some. And you factor in Ennis Cantor pretty closely mirroring Nikola Jokic on the offensive end of the floor. In that first half, of of course, yeah, Doug. This needs to be a blazer victory i mean hell we outscored them on the bench denver is a deep team their bread and butter is with the bench but we'll get we'll get into why we lost and what portland has to do in game two but overall i just felt like there was no flow to this game olga pointed out we really didn't have any rhythm on offense or defense and honestly it was frustrating to me that we did not match denver's intensity their Mm -hmm. energy level uh, we did not play with an urgency on defense until 
three minutes left in the fourth quarter. We finally made adjustments on how we wanted to defend that pick and roll. And we felt like the team that just came off of a game seven instead of one that had been waiting Mm -hmm. six days. And maybe the rest, maybe this team doesn't play well with rest. I know Dame likes to say, hey, let's play those back-to-backs. I don't want to have to wait a game or a day to play a game. Maybe it was the rest. It could also be just game one. And we're we're feeling out the other team. And realistically, it's a seven-game series. The series doesn't start until the the home team loses a game. So even if Denver goes up 2-0, series is far from over. And really, Portland's goal was to come to Denver to steal one game. They still have that opportunity Wednesday. I feel confident that we're going to be able to get what we want on offense. But Sage, I am worried to death about how we're going to defend this this Denver team without mm. Yusuf Nurkic. To me, this was probably the worst matchup we could have had without the big man available. Joker was fantastic. I was really proud of Cantor for you know keeping pace with him in the first half. But it seems like in that third quarter, Joker just downloaded Cantor's game and knew how to exploit it and. Like that, they figured out what Cantor can and cannot do, and exploited what he could not do. It was like they played their game and we did not play ours. Honestly, it it is what it is. It's game one, man. There's so many more, much more basketball to play, but it just felt like Denver got to do whatever they wanted, and we kind of followed suit in the pace and in what the Nuggets would have preferred with pacing and like. It, it it was just a learning experience, man. I, I'm still very confident we could steal game two. It's just... Uh, the Blazers just need to figure out what they want to do on defense. Felt like they didn't commit to any defensive strategy. They would either kind of commit to Murray, but then not fully. Same thing with Jokic. And you, you can't do that against that dynamic duo. They have too much chemistry on that end of the floor. And the same thing with Paul Millsap. We we discussed this on the preview pod episode. Aminu cannot guard Millsap. He ate him for lunch that last game in Denver. Yet the Blazers ran out Aminu, tried to play him straight up, and that was the most disheartening thing of all. Not to take anything away from Paul Millsap. He's a former former All-Star and a second round, you know, stud that has has made a living in the NBA, but it was really disheartening to see Paul Millsap determine the outcome, essentially, of that game in the first half. Well, we, we kind of discussed it. Like, he would be that, the calming presence, and, yo, he, he, he got whatever the fuck he wanted in that game. But we got a lot of time, and this is where Terry Stotts needs to make his money and do these after game calculations on how to stop the pick and roll and how to generate more offense. And it, it's just on the coaching to figure out what we need to do and the players to execute in game two. I mean, to me, the, the biggest storyline to the Blazers was the absence of Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless. They combined to shoot two of seven, four points. Chief had eight boards. Mo didn't have a single rebound, which is just mind-boggling i mean both of them they had the worst plus minuses of anyone on on the team mo minus 13 chief minus 12 it just feels like we didn't trust what worked against okc to work against denver we did not want paul george to beat us so what did we do 
we let Schroeder open for three. We let Jeremy Grant open for three. Terrence Ferguson. My God, I let Gary Harris shoot the fucking ball. Let Torrey Craig shoot the ball. It's better than Millsap going one-on-one against a much smaller defender or Murray Jokic working a pick and roll that, that's going to be effective 85% of the time with the looks that they were getting, especially with a less than healthy Ennis Cantor trying, trying to play defense. We don't have the personnel to play them straight up. We have to take risks. And I think that was the most frustrating element uh, of the night is the fact that Portland just we didn't make anything uncomfortable for Denver. We have to we have to make a decision. Who do we want to beat us, Sage? We had the question from Rip Citizen in the last episode. Who do we want to beat us? Is it going to be Jokic or is it going to be his his gang gang of buddies? Now they've got some studs. They they have got some bona fide young studs on their roster. But what Portland can't do is they can't say Malik Beasley, your worth is just as high as Jamal Murray off of a pick and roll. No, they have to say, Malik Beasley, you are a good shooter, but I would much rather double and trap Jamal Murray so he doesn't get a wide open 17-foot jump shot, and I'm going to try and make you hit a corner three. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it, it's, a, it's a pick your poison, but Portland's got to choose because right now it's they, they kind of just sat there at the, at the checkout waiting without actually making a decision on anything. So I was reading um, this article about Wes Unsell Jr., the Nuggets associate head coach. This article is about how they just run pick and roll for hours. So like, they don't even need to communicate. They know intuitively that they are going to be at this places, this spot on the court when they run the pick and roll. So they've ran it to death. They know what they are supposed to do. So we just have to do calculated defensive things. Do we want to leave Tory Craig wide the fuck open and defend yes. that 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 pick and roll, or are we just gonna say fuck it, let's lose this because we can't defend the pick and roll? You know, I, I I was watching Seth Curry, and he was like the one blazer that blew up pick and rolls by like leaving, like you said, leaving his man to stop Joker. Like I think that's when we, you you talked about too little, too late. I think. Steph Curry was the like the play before it was too little too late on blowing up pick and rolls. I also liked the the switch. Again, it happened too little too late, but more of game 2, we need to see Aminu or Harkless on Jokic and we need to see Cantor on Millsap because Millsap ain't going to bully Cantor down low and even better, if you're able to put Aminu and Harkless on Jokic and Murray, you can switch that pick and roll. You have a little bit more speed, mobility, lateral quickness. I mean, make no mistake, Ennis Cantor was a warrior and gutted it out and produced. He damn near matched Jokic, but he is not going to be mistaken for a defensive player of the year with his quickness. I mean, he he's just not able to get out and hedge on the handler and come back and be a... a a defender on on Jokic that's just not going to happen so I I think that makes a lot of sense if I'm Terry Stotts and saying okay we're going to just take Millsap out of the game because he's not going to score on on Cantor and I'm going to put my money on a smaller but maybe rangier defender yeah we we called it the David West we called it the David West defense because of he's you know more Joker and David are both more thick and then get annoyed when 
longer rangey defenders are in his face. I, I think that, I mean, we gotta, we gotta try a lot of things to stop that pick and roll. They, they run it so fucking often that they do it silently in practice. Well, because where, where are Aminu and Harkless most valuable and where when do when are they at their best it's when they're kind of free free ranging they're roaming they're almost like a free safety they're making things happen when they dump it in to Millsap on the menu that takes him completely out of, of any play defensively Harkless when he's being told to just hey stay on Torrey Craig you're just going to stay there and play corner defense we don't get the most out of our guys. We are at a severe disadvantage in the front court, but we have to at least play some of our cards as well. We need to make Denver react a little bit more too. We can't just let it be so easy for this Denver offense. Yeah. I mean, why not let our horses out of the stable and let them cause havoc? I mean, I know there was a lot of grief put on Russell Westbrook for not defending Dame, but why doesn't why can't we put a guy that handles the ball every single play on a guy like Tory Craig where he can just play off of him and kind of save his energy for carrying us offensively? I mean, honestly, if Tory Craig is going to beat us, good shit. <laughs> you have to tip your hat and yeah, say, okay, yeah. that's just what it's going to be. That's probably not going to carry them on to the NBA Finals, but it might have been enough to beat the Portland Trailblazers at at a certain point in time. You have to do what defenses have done to us in the past and say, Chief Aminu, you're probably going to win a game or two for these Blazers, but I don't trust you to carry the torch for seven games. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen what Jokic and Jamal Murray can do. They can execute really well, especially in that pick and roll. So if we can do something to make them think when they're running the pick and roll, it changes the the timing and the dynamic of them running that play so often. If if Chief just slides in and forces a double on jo- uh, on uh, Murray, that's something that makes him think like, oh shit, what if this happens when I go past the pick? So I- I'm all in favor of putting our two athletic rangy wings on Joker and Murray and forcing Gary Harris, Tory Craig, Will Barton to beat us. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it was an eight-point loss to a team that had the best home record in the NBA. Their all-star did what he had to do. Jokic had 37, 9, and 6, three steals, two blocks. 11 of 18 shooting, went to the line 12 times, hit all 12. He set the tone. They also got contributions. I believe Millsap had 16 of his 19 in the first half. Murray was 8 of 15, 23 points. Aside from that, I think if you're Portland, you have to look at the positives and you have to say our bench outperformed the Denver bench points production-wise. Denver had 28 points production. Portland had – your boy's doing math on the fly. I believe we both had – 28 points but Rodney Hood had 17 and I really like Hood's matchup he was so decisive he looked good getting the ball. I mean this this was the Rodney Hood I envisioned when when we acquired him from Cleveland the Rodney Hood I saw when he was in Utah I think he can give us a nice boost and you also have to think Dame made it look easy Dame wasn't taking tough shots it didn't feel like he was laboring he was getting whatever look he wanted to Shot four of twelve from three, 
he's going to hit more than that. The looks he got, Jokic cannot play defense. Like, let's – fantastic offensive player. He is a sieve on the defensive end mm. just as much as Cantor. Like, let's let's pump the brakes on Jokic being this, this fantastic Sabonis Bill Walton phenomenon. Amazing player, first-team All-NBA, but still has work to do on that end of the floor, and Damian exposed him. Ennis Cantor was able to do what he wanted down low. He had seven boards, 26 points, 11 to 14 on the bum shoulder. And again, he was made open in the middle of the floor, given Dame's attention that he was drawing out there. Dame was hitting him with the pocket pass. Like when they did the double, he just found that open open part of the court and Cantor finished. I'm really liking how Dame was decisive on the pick and roll, just breaking that double and then taking it to the hoop. Because I think that putting that pressure on Joker to make a defensive play is a good thing because he's using energy. He might pick up fouls. I really enjoyed the way he was just a Dame was attacking the rim and putting pressure on the Nuggets. Absolutely. And again, we're talking about an eight point game when we get four combined points from Aminu and Harkless and CJ. I think he had 10 in the first quarter, only ended up with 16. Um, he fell off a bit. And what made Portland so special in that first round was that he and Lillard were able to play at an elite level together. We kind of saw the Blazer backcourt regress to the mean a little bit with Dame going off, but CJ was extremely quiet. We need Dame and CJ together to play lights out. And it felt like CJ just... He took 17 shots, but Sage, I don't really remember him taking hardly any in in that second half. And so, it, again, it, it's tough to complain offensively when you put up 113. And to be honest, I don't think offense was where this it, game was yeah, lost. It's never going to be the problem. We can score on this team. The problem was the turnovers. I mean, Oh, yeah, the, the scaries, bro. For 23 Denver points, you factor in the turnovers – the lack of production from the forwards and the, the inability to sustain momentum. And I think it's an intangible statistic that's not going to show up in a box score, but Portland was never really able to quiet the crowd or instate instill much fear into the, the Denver roster. And I think that's something they're going to have to be able to do. And that's what they did game four in Oklahoma city. They had a couple of big spurts, especially in that third quarter and it's going to take something like that for the Blazers. But again, it all starts on the defensive end of the floor. Um, to go back to my my point on the momentum, there was a play in the third quarter where I believe it was a seven, six-point game. Six-point game. Dame goes up for a layup. I mean, the Red Sea parted, was wide open, and he just left it short. Ball goes down the court, and I think it's Malik Beasley or Gary Harris hits a three. And all of a sudden, that's a five-point swing. And I looked over to Olga, and I was like, it's just not our night. Like, I could tell in that moment that the momentum is such a hard thing to put into words. But it just, it just wasn't there. It, was just, it just wasn't meant to be. We couldn't put together enough big plays to really swing the tide. Because that's the only way Denver is going to get a little tight on the offensive end is if we're making it happen on the other end. And, uh, you know, I think you just have to tip your hat to Denver. They did what they were supposed to do. But 
there are some some hopes if you're looking to to steal one out of two in, in Denver, especially heading into game two. Do you feel like we wasted a Rodney Hood ceiling game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, it, it really bummed me out because 17 points on 10 shots. I mean, he he's not going to shoot three or four from three again, and uh, it, it's 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 a bummer, but. I will also say that, I mean, I, I don't know if Denver's going to shoot like that, but they may. They, they are a very good team, but yeah, it, it is a bummer. I mean, if you were to have told me Cantor stat line versus Jokic, I take that push. I mean, I yes, absolutely, I take that. If you say we push them in bench production, absolutely. Dame gets 39. I'm thinking Blazers win this game. So a lot of good things happen for Portland, but um, we're going to need more from Rodney. I thought Evan played really well. Uh, yeah, he did, definitely. I mean, he was the highest. He and Zach had the highest plus minus. Um, Myers hit a three, played a little tentative. I mean, again, we just, in that second quarter, um, there was just too many turnovers. It spilled over into the third a little bit. It was really those two middle quarters. Um, Portland, Played Denver evenly in the first, outscored them by one in the fourth. But those middle two, we were not able to sustain any sort of consistency. How are you seeing game two versus Denver? What what do we need to do? And who is going to be the X factor in us out-executing the Nuggets? I feel a little bummed. Not just the loss, but I think giving up 121. Um Olga made a really good point when she said, you know, last series we were fired up and, and it was almost like we came out with a chip on our shoulder and something to prove. I didn't see that in the Blazers in game one. You know, Oklahoma City was poking the bear and getting under our skin. Denver's not going to do that. Um, and if Portland needs that type of extracurricular activity to to rile them up, I think we're in for a very short series. I need to – what I'm going to be looking forward to is how does Portland respond? How do they take the the fight to Denver? And how do they you know, basically land the first punch? It, it, this, again, it's just so difficult without Yusuf Nurkic. But we have to fight through. And I think if we go down – I don't care if it's in, in four or five or six, whatever. If we go down, but at least we throw the kitchen sink at Denver – you just have to tip your hat and say, we tried. It just wasn't a good matchup. You know, we were, you know, already down a top five, seven, six, seven center in the league. Our other center is, you know, banged up and, you know, we fought, fought our asses off. You know, Ennis was a warrior tonight and, and you know, they definitely tried hard. But I, I think when you're undermanned and going up against a team that has home court advantage, you have to just kind of scrap a little bit more. And so that's what I want to see in game two is Portland play with that urgency. Um, I know Terry Stotts really doesn't like to trap or send double teams or kind of scramble on defense. It's never really been his MO. And, you know, you can get burnt by it. Denver is a really, really good passing passing team. But it seemed like we had our most success when we tried to blow up their pick and roll or we made them make three or four extra passes um so for me game two it, it all starts on defense i would love to see Cantor start out on Millsap. i would love to see aminu guard Jokic, harkless guard murray 
and basically Damon CJ are there to roam and help off of Craig and Harris. If they hit the threes, I mean, again, that's just what it has to be. Good teams are able to beat you in multiple ways. It's up to Portland to take away the strongest option for Denver on offense because what happens, especially at home, is when Murray Murray gets hot from three, he gets comfortable, he's in the rhythm. You know Jokic is going to carry you a bit. Oh, we see that Millsap has an advantage. The rest of the role players all of a sudden feel that weight just slowly but surely rise off their shoulders, and they say, hey, whatever they get from me is gravy. And so they're shooting pressure-free. Portland needs to make them feel pressure. They need to make them feel uncomfortable. So to me, the X factor is Terry Stotts adjusting on the defensive end player-wise. To me, CJ McCollum. I think Dame can get 30-plus. CJ's got to bring it. CJ might need 25-30 as well because offensively, it there's going to be a time in this series where Denver is just going to execute over our defense. Over our defensive adjustments, no matter what we do, we may have to outscore them to win. You know, an old, old-fashioned shootout to win a game. You know, Portland did that back in '92. I think we won like 154 to 151 in three OT at Phoenix. You know, that really put us up three-one in that series. There was no defense play; it's just really fucking good offense. Portland can beat this Denver team. We can score more than 121. You don't want to do it every game, but there's going to be a game in this series where Portland's going to have to just flat out outscore Denver, mm-hmm. and it starts with Dame and CJ. Dame held up his end of the bargain in game one. CJ needs to kind of uh, pick pick up pick up the slack a bit because he was averaging 25 heading into this, this uh, contest. So I expect a much stronger performance from CJ McCollum, especially given how quick he started. I mean, he was getting his look, so I think CJ's going to bounce back and, and Dame's going to be be there every step of the way i mean yo we, we we saw the power levels of the denver nuggets it's time to adjust some of our weaknesses our strengths by adjusting to what happened honestly i'm i'm gonna go blazers win in game two they just have to adjust and be effective and efficient uh i i, I think that rodney's gonna regress a little bit but I could definitely see CJ and then Seth Curry bump it up a bit offensively. So, I mean, we, we took we took a very good punch from a very good team, and we responded well. Let's try and steal game two. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Denver in game two. T- tonight was kind of a punch in the, punch in the gut. For me, I kind of want to see if the adjustments pay off. It, it just feels like we have no answer. But let, let's be real. Denver should win tomorrow. Or, yeah, whenever Abs- that game is played. You know, you know, if we get to this to a game seven with every team winning on the home court, you know, you, you, you absolutely. I would take that right, right then and there today. I'd say, yeah, let's play game seven and let's, you know, win, win or take all. Obviously, Portland's going to have to find a way to win on the road, and, and I don't think the series is over if Portland doesn't win Game 2. But just like we saw in the Toronto-Philly series, Siakam and Leonard were basically assassins and nearly shot like 80% from the field. They regressed a little bit. You know, Philly made changes. Philly came out, and, and they ended up winning Game 2. 
Portland's going to have to make those changes, and they they just can't make life that easy for for Jokic and Murray. Um, I'm hopeful for a lower scoring affair. Like what I'm looking for, and this sounds really crazy considering you only get seven games maximum in a playoff series. Obviously, I want the win, but even if we lose, but our adjustments show that they're paying off. I'll feel confident going into game three because if you handle your business at home, then all of a sudden it's a three-game series. And if you shorten the series up as as the underdog, the longer they let you hang around, the better the better your odds. The more the pressure falls into the Denver camp. So I want to see a win, but first, I, I'm what I'm really looking for is can Portland find a way to just slow down the, this Denver offense because um, they, they, they provide a lot of mismatches for us, especially in that front court. I mean, Blazers could absolutely still win the series. It's just the margin of errors just got a little bit smaller because we lost. I, I have all the faith in the world that we can make the executions and Damian Lillard can continue to play at a all-world yeah, I mean, we have the best dude. We have the most productive dude in the in the series. We have the guy that's going to be the biggest positive for their team. Joker I mean, played fantastic, but we have Damian Lillard, who is the hottest player in the playoffs right now. I mean, I would have to say so, and and I know it's it's really difficult to shoot a hundred percent from the foul line. Portland's came close at times in, in this postseason, but they shot twenty of twenty seven. And a lot of really great shooters missed free throws. Dame missed two free throws. CJ missed two free throws late. Seth got fouled shooting a three, missed two of them. Chief missed his only attempt of the night, and he's been flirting around 90% for for the season. That's seven points. We Mm -hmm. lost by eight. I mean, all of a sudden, you start to factor that in. Maybe you make one less careless pass. I mean, the passes we made tonight. Tons uh, of scary Aminu throwing that just you know, lame duck in to midcourt getting picked off. I mean, just abysmal. It was almost like we weren't ready to play the type of game you need to play. It felt like a regular season game instead of a playoff game. So, you know, you start to look at the box score and piece things together. Portland could have won this game. So as bad as it seemed at times, it was still there for, for the taking had we performed up to our, our standard. You ready to wrap? We don't have any questions or anything, right? No, I mean we're literally. I've literally texted you after the game ended. We're recording in five minutes. Let's get this bad boy up and out there, um, because we come to you with the content, win, lose, or draw after every single game in the postseason. Hopefully, it is a more vibrant and livelier podcast on Wednesday night when the Blazers take on the Denver Nuggets. Like I mentioned earlier, six p.m. start Pacific time. So try to work from home. Get off early. We do not want to be stuck in traffic as this game goes to tip. We will be the only game on that night, so that's oh. why it's a much different time. But <laughs> I was about to ask. <laughs> I mean, that's – to me, game two doesn't decide the series for Denver. If Denver wins, they're in, they're in control. But if Portland wins, I, I think they could really put a stranglehold by going to Portland and holding serve at home, much as they did against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So game two is going to tell me a lot about the direction uh, of this series because, you know, it's much different playing on the road 
mm-hmm. um, to start a series. The last time Portland won a conference semifinal on the road was 1999. They lost game one against the Utah Jazz, but they came back and they stole game two and held serve the rest of the way at home. That's the recipe. If you're the the team that does not have home court advantage, you just need to win one on the road. Just didn't happen to be game one. All right, so we're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcasts, and uh, like a five-star us on whatever app you choose. I really uh, love seeing all the positive comments. That shit rules. And we'll be back after game two. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go!